everybody. You're tuning in to Mad About It. I'm your host, Becky. Becky with the good hair. That's right. It's me. So today we're doing another episode of the music series. Uh, so today's going to be uh, 1945-ish to 1960s-ish. Uh, we're going to do the 1960s and 70s, and we're going to do the 70s and 80s, and we're going to do the 80s and 90s, and we're going to do the 90s and 2000s, you know? We're going to do it, uh, but it's kind of a big window. There's like a few too many people for this one. Should I have broken it up from 40s to 50s and then 50s to 60s? Maybe, but I don't know. I don't think so. I like it this way. I like talking about a few too many people, and I uh, am going to go ahead and start off with a huge endorsement for the playlist. Uh, I... I spent a lot of time making the playlist. I'm also just, like, getting better at making playlists. But this playlist, um, you know, the... The artists that we're talking about, you know, you're gonna like hearing about their stories and stuff, but you're not gonna like it as nearly as much as you're gonna like listening to them. So, definitely check out the link in the description. There's a link in the description to the playlist. The playlist is on Spotify. You can also, I'm pretty sure, you can search for the playlist. And if you can't search for the playlist, then somebody please, like, you know, tell me, because... I think you can right now. I think I have it all set up so that this all works real nice and easy. If it's not working real nice and easy, please say so, because otherwise, uh, yeah, I don't know. I, I like, just recently found out that I, (laughs) I, (laughs) I had, like, a huge problem with, like, just the basics of the podcast that was just, it was still working and it was fine, you know, like, you know, hello, like, you're, you're listening, but, uh, yeah, I, there's, you know, I'm not, I'm not, like, a podcast genius, not some sort of tech genius, um, I'm not really any sort of anything, I'm just a lady who's quite literally sitting in a coat closet, uh, because this is the quietest place in my house, you know, like, I had to go into a closet to, uh, to record my out gay podcast, I, you know, beggars can't be choosers, I guess. I don't know. I don't know. I guess this is the best you got for now. Okay. Um, okay. So you want to know who's on the, you want to know who's on the playlist. Okay. The playlist this week is Patsy Cline. Bum, bum, bah. Yeah. We're going to talk about Patsy Cline. Uh, Peggy Lee. Anita O'Day, Blossom Deary, Dinah Washington, Sarah Vaughn, Ella Fitzgerald, uh, Nina Simone, Etta Jones, and uh, Betty Carter. Did I say Sarah Vaughn? It's all like, you know, you know what I mean? So here's the deal. Um... Every single one of these artists is uh, so unique. Um, they all sing and perform live, you know, uh, better than every single person on the radio today. Every single one of them. So, uh, 
you have to go listen to the fucking playlist. Like, I'm, I'm not gonna, I'm, I, I worry I'm, I'm being hostile about it, but like, this is, this is the one, y'all. Like, if you didn't listen to last week's, because you blah blah blah, I, you know, fine. This is the playlist. Um, it's a real good playlist. I also tried to find as many songs that had as like sort of like neutral pronouns as I could. Uh, but it's important to bring up. So like the last the last episode we talked about the 1920s and 1945s, huge window, huge window. But mostly that kind of, that big window made me able to focus on like basically just like <laughs> like really really rebel women um uh they they did not use a lot of gender specific uh language the last episode uh you know though that music does not have a lot of pronouns um this music this era of music i i noticed a sharp a sharp uptick of pronouns when we get into the 50s and I think that that's a cultural thing uh, that's being reflected in the music 100% there was a huge uptick in just like very specific pronoun usage so I, I had a bit of a hard time finding uh, songs that, that that weren't super pronoun specific so if that's kind of off-putting to you then I apologize but you know, I think a lot of it is, is very ambiguous, and I also find a lot of these women to be a little ambiguously queer. I know that that is, like, super triggering for some people. I know that the word queer is triggering for some people. I know that, like, you know, trying to say that Patsy Cline makes a lot of people, is queer, it makes a lot of people's heads explode, you know. I'm not saying she is. She's married to some dude. She died, like, way too soon. We're gonna get to it, alright? And all these other people, you know, none of these people are very queer. Ella Fitzgerald is not very queer. Um, Ella Fitzgerald's music is, like, so pronoun-specific. Like, unbelievably pronoun-specific. Like, I, 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 I never used to care. But, um, and I still don't. But, it might be a thing for you, you know, it might be, it might be something that you're just, like, over, so, if you're, uh, if you're, uh, if you're, uh, worried about that, then don't worry about it, the playlist is super good about it, there's not a lot of pronouns in the playlist, um, but let's go back to Patsy Cline, so Patsy Cline is a very interesting person, um, she was born in 1932, and she started getting popular, like, in the 50s, uh, she got a, a 1957 TV appearance with Walking After Midnight was when she, like, really took off. So 1957, I guess, is when she took off. Here's the deal. Patry, pa, pa, Patry. Patsy Klein. Uh, she's originally uh, Virginia Patterson. Uh, she died in 1963. So she made her breakthrough in 1957, and she died in 1963. So wrap your head around that. Um, all of the music that you are able to listen to from Patsy Cline uh, that has been preserved, that was published, you know, that was that was uh, that was mainstream. Uh, all of that manifested within six years. That's a, that's a really small window. 
So it's pretty impressive that she was like as famous as she was, you know. Um, also, you know, dying in the middle of your fame is a pretty good way to be famous forever. That being said, I mean, I think we've all heard Patsy Cline. Like, she's really, really good, you know. Like, she would have been famous no matter what. Like, you know, like, uh, uh, Cher. Cher is, like, a really, really shitty Patsy Cline, you know. So, yeah, I, 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 I like, I, you know, it's nuts. She, 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 she had a, she had a bad car accident, too. That's the thing, though. Between, so in that six years, she also was in a horrible car accident. So remember Bessie Smith? Bessie Smith was killed in a car accident. Um, fucking don't text and drive. Do you know what I mean? Like, everybody important is dying in car accidents. And it's, like, not getting better. It should have been, it should be getting way better. Like, we, we have made cars, like, so safe. And now we're, like, getting bit in the ass by how safe cars are. People don't give a shit. They're fucking living on their phones and their alternate universes. And they're not living in the real ones where they're hitting me with their fucking cars. So, stop texting and driving. Betsy Smith died in a car accident. Patsy Klein almost died in a car accident. She did die in a plane crash. Be fucking glad that, you know, people aren't dying in plane crashes all over the fucking place 24-7, I guess. That's gotten better, but... But the car stuff has not gotten better. God, it pisses me off. Also, like, so shoot me, I just like driving. You know what I mean? It's, it's, it's an engaging activity. If you let it be. Um, okay. Okay, uh, yeah. Uh, so she, she worked with, uh, she worked with Willie Nelson. Willie Nelson wrote the song Crazy. And she got ridiculously popular, uh, with crazy, ridiculously popular. She she was popular with I Fall to Pieces in 1961, but Crazy was the song that really launched her superstar status. And uh, and in that same 1961, she had that car crash. So 1961 was a pretty rough year for Patsy Cline. Uh, 1962, she hit the number one spot with She's Got You. She's Got You is a dope song. Uh, I don't think I put it on the playlist, mostly because I put, like, fucking everything on the playlist. You know what I mean? It's already it's already a two-hour playlist. So I was like, nah. Um, okay. So she died in 1963 in a plane crash in Camden, Tennessee. Uh, after her death, the song Sweet Dreams was released and became a hit. She was considered to be country music's one of country music's greatest vocalists and she uh, was inducted into the Country Music Hall of Fame in 1973 uh, she's had movies made about her you know what I mean you can go to her home in Virginia that's cool but the whole deal is that the fucking music is amazing so I watched a bunch of videos uh, where they were like talking about Patsy Cline and there was an interview with her husband and her husband talked about how they were working on crazy and uh 
they had a th- they they were recording it for three hours and they did that same song for three hours and I don't know if you know how long crazy is but crazy is a two minute chart that shit's done and over in two minutes uh yeah two two minutes uh so if you're spending three hours doing a two minute song that's a fuck ton of takes that's what we know it, I mean, it, it, when you're, when you're, you don't take, you don't take a lot of breaks when you're, when you're a studio recording musician, you don't do that. So, uh, yeah, the, the three hour session is a three hour session. And, uh, if she didn't get any of those takes, she didn't get any of those takes. Apparently they were like, okay, Patsy, like what's going on? And she was like, you know, blah, blah, blah. Willie wants me to do it this way. And they were just like, well, fuck how Willie wants you to do it. Like, just do it how you want to do it. And then they regrouped, and they did it, like, three more takes, and she nailed all three takes, and they took the best of those. And Willie Nelson says that it's his favorite version of his song. I wonder if he felt that way about it then. Certainly he feels that way about it now. Um, but they told a lot of really funny stories about Patsy Cline. I should, uh, I should link this video. It was good. It was on biography.com, which is, like, fucking lame as hell. Do you know what I mean? But, like, uh, the, uh, it was cool because they interviewed Patsy Cline's husband and they interviewed Willie Nelson and, uh, I don't know, man. I think Willie Nelson is a, is a really, really good songwriter, but I, I am not a huge fan of Willie Nelson as, like, a performer. You know, he's almost better when other people do his stuff. I think Patsy Cline's a pretty good example of that. But... Patsy Cline, this is also the same sort of lady, could fucking do anything, spin anything into gold. Alright, next up, Peggy Lee! Alright, Peggy Lee is like my, my idol, alright, I'm obsessed with Peggy Lee. Peggy Lee is a uh, singer, songwriter, composer, actress, she's also a poet, I mean, uh, like of course, uh, she she wrote music for films, acted, recorded conceptual record albums that combined poetry and music. So, like, here's the deal. She's from North Dakota. She was born in 1920. She became really famous, like, around the 1950s, late night, late 1940s. So she she uh, she was a regular on the Jimmy Durante show. And appeared frequently appeared frequently on Bing Crosby's radio shows during the 1940s and early 50s. She recorded Fever, and that was like one of her biggest uh, hits. I think almost everybody knows the song Fever. It was written by Little Willie John, but uh, in 1958 she recorded uh, uh, Little Willie John's version of Fever, or, you know, Little Willie John's Fever. What an awful name. Little Willie John. Um, Little Willie John. I just, (laughs) I think, uh, I think that's gonna be my name after my, if I, you know, if they put me on hormones, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna be Little Willie John. <laughs> little Willie. <laughs> Instead of Becky with a good hair, I will be Little Willie John. <laughs> I, I don't even, I don't even wanna. I don't, uh, who would accept that, you know? I guess, you know, small penises are good, though, let's be real. Like, I, I definitely, like, if I had to have a, 
and a husband, like, if it's just, like, we were in some sort of alternate universe, I definitely would, like, want a little tiny dick one. Anyway, I would like little Willie John, is what I'm saying. <sighs> yeah, so she recorded Fever, and uh, the real reason, the thing that I like about Peggy Lee is that, is that all there is? That's the, that's the song that really gets me. Um, there's tuba in it. I mean, what more could you want in a song? Uh, but also, fucking, that song is, like, so, so deep. <laughs> it cuts me deep. Um, it's good. It's a good song. Um, I also really like, uh, uh, and the thing about Peggy Lee is she's such a, like, a tiny, cute, like, little blonde lady. It's just so, and, like, she's, you know, she's at the height of the 50s, and she's speaking her mind about, like, the meaning of life in, like, a little song, and, like, belittling, like, all of, you know, it's bold as hell. Uh, I really like it. Uh, so, yeah, Peggy Lee's not queer, but fucking, is that all there is? It's just about the queerest song I ever heard in my life. Uh, as far as, like, uh, you know, making a stance on something in the 50s as a woman, it's a, to me, it's a direct commentary on, uh, on what it's like to be a lady. Do you know what I mean? Like, it's like, is that all there is? Like, you, you, you get married and you have kids and then you wait, I guess, you know? (laughs) Anyway, um. There's so many different things you could talk about with the song, you know. Everybody, everybody should have their own opinion on it. Oh my god, cats. Get out of here. What are you doing? They can't fucking deal with me being in the closet. I can't. Alright. Okay. Okay, moving on. Anita O'Day! So now we're getting kind of jazzy. So, Patsy Cline, she's country. The nice thing about Patsy Cline, though, it's a country music. It's like, you know, it's not really, it's not really country music. It's like music that was recorded in the country, but it isn't like country music, you know? I don't even know. It's fucking obnoxious. Uh, so, uh, yeah, no red solo cups in any of Patsy Cline charts, you know? Um, Anita O'Day is a jazzy sort of lady. She was born in Kansas City, but she was raised in Chicago. I I saw it described as a broken home. She left home, like, you know, not complete. She, like, dropped out of high school and left her house. I think her house was abusive when she was 14 and just, like, started singing in jazz clubs and shit. And she, uh, she, she really had a real, uh lifelong relationship with drugs and she she uh you know that that didn't that didn't end up so well she got she got arrested for drugs a bunch of times and uh she was arrested for drugs a bunch uh she didn't die of a drug overdose though so i think she kicked the habit she she died of like a heart attack she had pneumonia it was no big deal it's nothing like nothing crazy um so, uh, Anita O'Day, I really like her style, I really like her flair, I really like the way she sings, I really like, uh, uh, Beautiful Love, and, uh, uh, Old Devil Moon, 
Strawberry Moon is a good one. Um, Love for Sale. Uh, it's good. Uh, she's very rhythmic. They say that she's really picky about her drummers. That makes sense. I am also picky about my drummers. Like, you should be picky about your drummers. You know what I mean? Like, drummers are important. And, like, if you have somebody back there beating time, like, fucking Jesus. You know? Anyway. Ah, uh, okay. Next up, Ella Fitzgerald. So, Ella Fitzgerald is, is like, probably the, the best known singer from this time frame. She was, uh, Wildly popular in uh, in the 1940s, 50s, and 60s. Um, she even uh, she was going fine in the 70s. And uh, by the by the 1980s, she had health problems. She had heart surgery. She had diabetes. She was blind. She had both eggs, both legs amputated in 1994. She made her last recording in uh, 1989, and it seems like she had uh, the worst of her health problems after that. She died in 1996 in Beverly Hills. But she had more than 200 albums and 2,000 songs. Um, so contrast that with. Uh, you know what I mean? Like, uh, Ella Fitzgerald had a really long life with a lot of, with a lot of, uh, success. Um, she, uh, she collaborated with Louis Armstrong, Count Basie, Frank Sinatra. Um, what we're going to talk about is mostly the, uh, Cole Porter songbook and, uh, uh, the stuff she did in the 40s, the early DECA records. So, uh, uh, we're mostly gonna focus on, yeah, the DECA, the DECA, 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 DECA. We're talking about the DECA recordings. So, the thing is, is that a lot of these jazz charts, you know, like, people will sing the same song and they'll have their own version of it. And I love that. It's my favorite. So I have a couple different versions of the same song on here. I think we have three different versions of Mean to Me. Is that right? We should have three different versions of Mean to Me. Um, there's the Betty Carter Mean to Me. There's the Sarah Vaughn Mean to Me. And there should be uh, Ella Fitzgerald Mean to Me. You know, and a lot of people cover people's songs nowadays. A lot of people collaborate with people nowadays. But it just doesn't seem to have the same sort of uh, character as as uh, this time period. Where you weren't really doing a cover. You were playing somebody's, you know, like a songwriter's song. Uh, and then the musician gets to do the music part of it. You know what I mean? Um, and it's awesome. It's kind of like a, I would almost rather be a songwriter, you know what I mean, than and have somebody interpret my work so many and have so many different beautiful renditions of it. It would be so rewarding. But um, yeah, so check out the three different mean to me's. Um, it's such a good song. 
So Ella Fitzgerald, she she gets uh, really popular with her Decca singles, and then she really makes a breakthrough when she gets signed onto the new Verve Records in the late 50s, and that that really changes things. She does the Cole Porter songbook, and she becomes what people refer to as America's first lady of song. And uh, I don't, I, you know, she's very, very, she's very, very good. Uh, listen to the playlist. There's a lot of good stuff on there. Um, I used to take a, I, I used to take a nap after uh, I, I like it when I was in uh, when I was in uh, high school. I had an hour for lunch, which was crazy. I didn't know like what to do for an hour because I didn't have any friends. So I was like, okay, let's do this. Let's uh, eat real fast, and then I'm just gonna go and like listen to Ella Fitzgerald and like take a 20 minute power nap. So I would just like listen to Ella Fitzgerald and take a 20 minute power nap, and it was like the most invigorating shit ever. And I would have the craziest dreams because it was like between being asleep and you know what I mean like I was resting because I was like young and I didn't have any like I didn't really you know I was just like able to sleep I guess and like uh I would I would just have these crazy amazing like daydream dreams post naps it was the most wonderful thing um yeah so that was all thanks to Ella Fitzgerald I hope you have the same sort of experience listening to the fucking playlist yep Okay, so we're going to move on. We're not going to talk anymore about Alpha Joe for now because we're going to talk about her again in the next episode because she just keeps on going and going and going. You know what I mean? Okay. Next up, Sarah Vaughn. Sarah Vaughn, uh, born in 1924. Uh, she is a, uh, a guitarist and a pianist and a singer. She's most famous for being a singer. She's also pretty famous for being a pianist. Uh, she started off in the 1940s. So Sarah Vaughn like, started as a jazz pianist, but uh, she got hired to uh, be the part of the band of the Apollo Theater, but uh, then they hired some other like trombone piano playing guy so she like kind of stopped playing piano and like only sang and for a while it like was she just kind of I don't know based on based on what I understand she just kind of got the shaft like over and over and over again for like a decade and she was just kind of pushed out of the way because there's so many other incredible superstars going on like Ella and like Dinah Washington and like you know, there's just a lot, there's a lot of really good people going on this time. And it wasn't really until later that she got really the respect and uh, adoration that she deserved. Um, she was still successful, but I don't know, a lot of the early pictures of Sarah Vaughn, she looks miserable. And she also, like, she had a beef with Columbia because Columbia was, like, making her do, like, real just mainstream like watered down bullshit garbage and she was like fuck this I want to be like an artist because she's a real artist and uh you know I know I know that Ella Fitzgerald is amazing but I just I think Sarah Vaughn is I think Sarah Vaughn is better and uh uh there's a really uh incredible quality to her voice and uh she she has a lot to say 
and uh, she really fought for everything that she has. All, all these people did. They're all incredible. But um, Sarah Vaughn, I think, is uh, is really, really good. I really like... Um, uh, uh, I'm going to sit right down and write myself a letter. <laughs> um, I also... It's my favorite version of Mean to Me. Um, so, uh, yeah. It's so good. I don't know, though. Betty Carter... Betty Carter's Mean to Me is like, holy shit, it's really good. It's like almost like an instrumentalist, though. We'll get to... We'll get to... We'll get to Betty Carter. We'll get to Betty Carter. Okay. So, um... Yeah, you have to... I mean, I, I could keep talking about Sarah Vaughn, or you could just listen to her. Like, there's way more that you can learn from just listening to her, so just do that. We're going to move on to Etta James for, like, two seconds. Um, Etta James is unbelievably dope, was born in 1938, and uh, she uh, she does a lot of genres, uh, blues, R&B, soul, rock and roll, jazz, gospel. Um... She, uh, she's most famous for At Last, um, The Wallflower, uh, Something's Got a Hold on Me, um, she's won, you know, Grammys, all these people have run, uh, Grammys and shit, um, I, like, don't, I'm sorry, I'm not talking about any of their words, I think all that stuff is stupid, like, I, you know, um, sure, like, you know, I should probably be mentioning that all these different people won Grammys and stuff. It's just, it, like, irrelevant to me. You know, what's most relevant is listening to the playlist. But also, you know, uh, I just don't really care if you won a Grammy. You know what I mean? I mean, it makes no difference to me. Um, Etta James, uh, she's, she's, uh, she's technically a contralto. I just think it's hilarious because like like in uh in uh in like the fanciest versions of like classical opera singing like being a contralto and like being like a being like a like a between register singer is like sometimes a cool advantage but like mostly kind of just like people just kind of like see you as inflexible but like in 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 all other types of music it's like a huge advantage you know what i mean like being a pop singer with like a between gender voice like looking at you fucking everybody that's a huge advantage it's like super popular it's super in it's super you know bruno mars like sounds like a lady do you know what i mean um michael jackson like sounds like a lady uh uh share like sounds like a man um and uh you know etta james is like uh the most fabulous sort of voice you're ever gonna hear in your life uh, but is she ever gonna sing, uh, uh, the fucking, uh, Queen of the Night aria? Like, nope. Never. It would be, uh, very comical to me. Okay, moving on. We got, uh, Dinah Washington. Uh, was born in 1924. Uh, in Tuscaloosa, Alabama. Um, Dinah Washington is amazing. Evil Gal Blues. 
She influenced a lot of people. She inspired a lot of people. She died too soon. She died in uh, 1963. Uh, she had a lethal combination of some pretty weird sedatives that I've like never heard of. Um, maybe I don't. I don't know what the deal is with that. So. Um, what a difference a day made is amazing. You gotta listen to that. Uh, such a classy, classy sound. Um, and and uh, all of the 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 super super successful people that uh, you know get associated with uh, classy sound and elegance. All of them say that Dinah Washington inspired them. Like all of them. Uh, and all these ladies were inspiring each other, and it's it's kind of amazing, and it's really good, like I said, to listen to all of them kind of mixed up because uh, you hear the influences on each other, and it's really just kind of amazing. Um, she even did a cover of Hank Williams' "Cold Cold Heart," it was super popular. Uh, I'm gonna put that in there. Um, so good. So, if we're going to talk about sophisticated ladies of music, we got to talk about Nina Simone. So, Nina Simone was born in 1933, and uh, just about, you know, I don't know, if, if, you know, all of these people are incredible, all of these people inspire me. You know, I know I, like, started the episode by saying that Peggy Lee was my favorite, but, um... No, Nina Simone is, like, in a league of her own, though. Uh, Nina Simone is a uh, singer, songwriter, musician, arranger, civil rights activist who did classical, jazz, blues, folk, R&B, gospel, and pop. Um, she was born to a poor family in North Carolina. She originally aspired to be a concert pianist. Uh, she went to Juilliard. Uh, she then applied to scholarship to go to Curtis, but she was denied admission despite a well-received audition, uh, which she attributed to racial discrimination. Uh, in 2003, days before her death, the Curtis Institute of Music gave her an honorary degree. Go fuck yourself, Curtis. I, I, I don't know. I have had a bad experience with Curtis, too, so... This is, like, not surprising to me, but it's also, like, so outrageous. You know, like, I just, sometimes I just, like, I don't want to talk about classical music at all. Do you know what I mean? Like, I wish that we could just, like, disqualify it from, from, like, you know, sophisticated conversation. Because it's just, the way that they behave is not sophisticated. Do you know what I mean? Like, to deny Nina Simone admission to Curtis because of her race is not sophisticated um okay uh again she's a bit of a contralto so here's the deal you have to listen to Nina Simone I put a spell on you feeling good um so Nina Simone is another is another one like kind of like Ella Fitzgerald where her career spans such a huge amount of time that we're not going to spend all the time talking about her today we're gonna talk about her again. A lot of her most interesting, like all of it, is really interesting. Some of the coolest stuff happens in the '60s. So I, I have a bunch of stuff from the late '50s on the playlist. Um, you have to check out "Black Is the Color of My True Love's Hair." You have to look. 
you have to listen to Return Home. I'm a, I'm, I like instrumentals, personally. Return Home is amazing. Um, and uh, you have to check out uh, Sinner Man. Ah, Sinner Man's 1965. See, like, I, I'm cheating. You know what I mean? Like, I'm getting, I should put that on next week's. I might change that. I might not. Cinder Man is so good. (laughs) But also, sorry, I can't believe I forgot to say this. Uh, You have not lived until you've heard Nina Simone's Summertime from 1959. You have to listen to Nina Simone's Summertime from 1959 live version. Um, You know, there's just, there's so many good versions of Summertime. It's a really good song. Gershwin knew what he was doing I'm just saying like this Nina Simone version is better than all of them so do with that what you will I suggest you stop everything you're doing and go listen to the fucking song and then continue listening to the podcast in a bit you can pause you know all right so we're gonna listen we're gonna listen to so much more see Nina Simone like in the next episode so uh for now we have to keep moving we have to go to Blossom Deary. So Blossom Deary is uh, a very interesting jazz singer. She's also a pianist. Um, and, you know, the... the So Blossom Deary, uh, she is a, a New York girl. She lived in... Uh, she lived and performed in New York. She also performed in London a lot. Um, she was born in 1924... Uh, her father is Scots-Irish and her mother is Norwegian and um, you have to listen to uh, you have to listen to uh, 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 where is it Deed I Do in Manhattan and uh, uh, so I sound like a broken record, but Blossom Deary has way more hits in the 60s and 70s. Uh, there's so many good things in the, the late 50s album, though. There's three albums that happened in the late 50s. You can check them all out on Spotify. They're all really, really good. Distinct style change happens later with the change of recording technology. Mostly we get the electric bass, and the electric bass makes fucking Blossom Deary sound like the grooviest, hippest lady that's ever fucking grooved or hipped. You know what I mean? Um... It's really good stuff. You gotta check out Blossom Deary from like, uh, especially. I really like the. Uh, uh, the album uh, uh, Once Upon a Summertime. It's so good. T for Two, Moonlight Savings Time. Oh my goodness. Um, it Amazes Me. Surrey with the Fringe on Top. I tell you, man. It's good. It's good. I tell you, man, it's not, not one of the song titles. Um, all right. Okay. So we've talked about Patsy Klein. We've talked about Peggy Lee. We've talked about Anita O'Day. We've talked about Sarah Vaughn. We've talked about Etta James. We've talked about Ella Fitzgerald. We've talked about Blossom Deary. We've talked about Dinah Washington. We've talked about Nina Simone. Who else is there? You know what I mean? Who else could there be? Right? There's a lot of people already, but there's one we haven't talked about yet that's like, you know, you're waiting for it. The suspense. It's building. Who is it? It's Betty Carter. Betty Carter is so good. Betty Carter, though. Okay, so Betty Carter, born 1929. Uh, 
Betty Carter is so good. Betty Carter is it's a very jazz, very jazz predominant sort of sort of career. Um, very imaginative uh, sort of singing. Really, to me, kind of sounds like she's she's playing saxophone. Honestly, like it's uh it's uh really 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 good. You have to listen to you have to listen to uh, all of it, all the Betty Carter stuff. The Mean to Me version of Betty Carter is almost better than Sarah Vaughn's Mean to Me. I know, I know. What a Little Moonlight Can Do is the best song you're ever going to hear in your life. I Don't Want to Set the World on Fire It's the second best song you're ever going to hear in your life. My Reverie, amazing. So Betty Carter, again, she has a much, much bigger career later. But uh, this is where she gets her start. This is where we get to see you know, what she's really made of without a lot of outside influence, you know what I mean? Because later, you know, depending on your manager and you sort of get, and, and Betty Carter, Betty Carter, the modern sound of Betty Carter is 1960s. So we're at the very end of this time frame for this, uh, excluding, you know, that like little bit of cheating I did with that, uh, with that uh, Elvis Gerald song. But, um, so the modern sound of Betty Carter is uh is 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 this is the album that i would recommend to you uh to start with and then we're gonna we're gonna get into more betty carter later but you have to check out betty carter uh just like an unbelievable vocal talent you know like a a true gift um and it's clearly uh it's clearly just uh raw musicianship she's very colorful she's very rhythmic uh, her improv is amazing. Like she can, she can just scat forever. Um, and uh, you know, you have to just listen to it. It's indescribable. I mean, a lot of this stuff is a bit indescribable. You have to listen to it. You know, if we could just describe it, then nobody would listen to it. There would just be like newspaper articles written about concerts and like no CDs. You know what I mean? Like you have to go fucking listen to it. So check it out on Spotify. The next episode, we're going to talk more about like the sixties. Um, there's so much good music. It's unbelievable. So as, as I said before, you know, this is all like lady killers who kill me. It's not really like, I'm, I'm obviously not doing like a queer playlist, but I'm gay and I like all this stuff. And I kind of think that's the whole point. So if you like it, I think you'll be, I think you'll be pleasantly surprised for sure. And again, I did my best to get the, you know, the playlist to be as, you know, not super pronoun heavy, but it was a real challenge. It was a real challenge. I think that hopefully we should see, you know, fewer, uh, fewer super specific pronouns in the 60s and 70s. I think the drugs are going to kick in pretty soon. Yeah, I tell you, the the lack of drugs is palpable. You know what I mean? Or certainly, like, it's not really the... Everybody was on lots of drugs. But, you know, Anita Day was on lots of drugs. But the types of drugs that they were on is the difference here. Because, like, heroin is just does not seem to be nearly as creative of a drug as LSD. But, um, who am I to say? I mean, it's wild speculation. So, uh, I, I mean, I'm just going to say, like... 
Blossom Deary, you know, obviously the recording technology is a big factor in this, but there's a whole different sort of sound coming. So you gotta familiarize yourself with the late 50s stuff so that when you listen to the late, to the 60s and then to the to the 70s, so you can get like properly blown away, you know what I mean? Alright, I'm so pumped about it. Uh, I think that's about it. Ta-ta for now. Mwah-mwah.